Hello, hello. Welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. This is episode... <laughs> This is episode 115. What's funny about saying hello, hello, in a, a Cockney Mockney accent? <laughs> you look like a police officer, like an old hello, school hello. one with a truncheon and a hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's going on here then? Looks like there's thought- some albums you'll be uh, reviewing. <laughs> Sonny, my lad. Um, I'm Stephen Hill. He's Renfrey Deadman. We're not... We're not Tom Hardy doing every part he's ever done ever, doing a stupid voice in everything he's ever done. Great. Such a great actor, isn't he, Tom Hardy? He I does was a stupid born vo- in the shadows. <laughs> Terrible. This has taken a turn that I didn't expect. I know. We don't normally do uh, sort of wacky beginnings to shows, but it's a special week because... We've got four albums to review, like we <laughs> like we normally do. On this week's show, we're going to be reviewing the latest albums from Matt Berninger, Cripple Black Phoenix, Open Mike Eagle, and Hell Ripper. Hell Ripper! That's how I feel Hitler. like it should be said. Well, they're Scottish, so probably not. Hell, Hell Ripper. Hell Ripper. <laughs> can you do the new album from Hell Ripper? <laughs> Actually, that there's does... no news and there's not many albums, so I'm stalling for time. Basically, <laughs> that, well, that does remind me. Actually, uh, our awful Scottish accents. Um, we didn't big up my Simon Neil interview last week, which we probably should have done. That we was did the week deal. before, though. Did we? Not doing it every week, Renfrey. Not going to mention it every week. Didn't but yeah, go on. We did at all. I did we, an interview. We did. I did an interview with Simon Neil from Biffy Clyro, and it was great. He said it was. Uh, which and he said, "Wonderful, pal jam, pal jam, pal jam." I loved it. I loved every second of it. I'm not going to lie. I was beaming. Yeah, it's very good. That's very, very kind good. of you. That's on uh, that's on our YouTube page, and it's mm-hmm. also on well, just the podcast app. Yeah. You're listening to this one as well. So yeah. go and have a little listen to that. We're actually we'll hopefully be having. Well, we I've already done one uh, other interview exclusive thing that we have coming out. Yep. Next week. Yep. So I'm not going to tell you now because i can't but next week there's something else um great before band, we go any great further, band. not quite as big great as band. <laughs> not quite as big as Biffy no all right. Yeah, all right, don't, i wasn't gonna say that don't slag them off don't slag them off. Um, off i just say they're not quite as big i think they'll be i think they'll agree I think with they'll that. be well they'll be aware of it and they'll feel like it feels quite like just nasty for you to point it out yeah, really sorry for pointing that out because they're significantly smaller than <laughs> Like significantly, significantly smaller, <laughs> smaller than Biffy Clyro. Uh, sorry. Oh well. Feels like really harsh. To yeah, say yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, do the signature. Um, yeah, signature brew. Hey, cheers, signature brew. Thanks for being pals of ours. Um, we are delighted to be partnered up with the good folks at Signature Brew who um, support us over here at the podcast. Um, they will give you ten percent off of their lovely beers they do many many beers have been doing it since 2011 um and he said reviewing brewing we're the one we'll be doing the reviewing you keep brewing um brewing music related beers since 2011 over in east london as i said before they've worked with the likes of jamie lenman sports team idols mastodon enter shikari to create um beverages over the years and they're very very nice they also have a venue um mm. with black Pe- i'm actually really looking forward to seeing black peaks i hope i can go yeah so am i uh i need to hit them up oh i was trying to do the the clicky thing with what are black you doing you don't even not only do you can did you not do it you don't look like you have ever even attempted to do it before 
Do you know how to do it? No, the thing, you really. hold your thumb and your middle finger together. Is this good for and a you podcast? Let this index finger, not really, but no. it's good for you. You need to learn now. And you just let that go and then... No. You'll get arthritis. You'll get arthritis <laughs> if you do it. Uh, so don't... <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, um, yes, shout out to the guys at Signature Brew. Really, really looking forward to going and, and having a couple of of the draft signature brews at their um at their their venue it'll they've be just, the the brewery they've just in, in Walthamstow in Walthamstow in Walthamstow they've yeah, just announced a show that is East London where, yeah they've just announced a show with Clip Drip as well which will be mm. super great which is the week after Black Peaks I believe um cool yeah so 100% going to get me down to both of those if I can I had a um cuz I should say thanks guys you sent us some beer we've been working our way through oh, that yeah. me slightly Slower than Renfrey, I imagine. I finished it. <laughs> Have you? No, I'm not. I've literally had two cans from it. You <laughs> just ate, ate the box. At <laughs> <Ate> the quiz. <laughs> Stamped on the box and put it in a big bucket and then just like went. Um, I had a I had a can of passions the other day. Oh, the old passion fruit. I, I I bloody love passion fruit. I tell you what. Something you're learning about me, guys. I do. I really love I really love passion fruit and passion fruit beer oh, that they yeah. do at Signature Brew. Yeah. Oh, I'm not usually much of a sort of I hate. I've had you've had fruity. Oh, horrible. I I fucking love fruity. You I love sad get. <laughs> I love how sweet it is. I love how oh, it kind of Too sweet. Sounds like it tastes like cough medicine. <laughs> Horrible, fizzy yeah, cough but, medicine. But cough medicine that gets you drunk. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's the best. That's cough medicine if you drink enough of it, <laughs> by the way. Um, um, we shouldn't get wang on about um, a different beer company, though, really. Well, should. we're slagging it off saying it's shit. I'm saying it's shit. You're the one who's okay. undermining our partnership, Renfrew. Yeah, and but but I... I'd, ra- <laughs> I'd rather open a can of passion. Well, I bloody definitely yeah. would. It is well nice. It is so well nice. Go. Yeah, I opened it was a, well. I'll tell you this for nothing. I opened okay. a can of passion in the bedroom the other day. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. <laughs> um, anyway, I hope that doesn't put you off. The, like, you, Come on, mate. <laughs> signature brew can be enjoyed in every room in the house. I think is what Renfrey is trying to say. Um, anyway, go over to signaturebrew.co.uk. You can get 10% alone. off all of their... Just stop doing this. <laughs> you can get 10% off all of their beers uh, when you use the code RIOTACT in the checkout. Small capitals. Not, I'm not going <laughs> to say that anymore. Has to end. Um, uh, so anyway, all, thanks all very much. Really is, appreciate that. All one word as well, RIOTACT. All one word. RIOTACT, signaturebrew.co.uk. Try the, try the passions. Well, it's really good. Really try, nice. Try the passion. <laughs> awful um i have to change tact very very in a i didn't expect i had to change tact this much uh because i have to talk about our 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 album classic album that we did the other day which means the attitude that we've just taken this sort of kind of overly childlike silliness has to stop um over on our patreon page patreon.com forward slash riot act if you give us any money um at all we would be very thankful for that and uh, you can suggest albums for us to do on our rioters review we had one going up this week on exotic animal petting zoo that went Mm. up uh, a couple of days ago um if you sign up for the four pound fifty a month tier which i noticed it is now um yeah probably because with 
It's five pound fees. Okay. We only get four pound fifty of it. Okay. God. Um, <laughs> you get two classic albums every month, and we just recorded one yesterday, which will be going up on Monday. Uh, on Nick Cave's Skeleton Tree, um, it's totally unlike any of the other classic album podcasts that we've done thus far. I think, mm. Mm. and yeah. with good reason. Yeah, I think I think partly because um, it's the most recent we've done. It's only four years old. That record, I think, mm-hmm. mainly it's a record which is the circumstances around it are. Um, so important to how the listener uh takes it in uh yeah. and and are Im- impossible to separate even if um maybe they should be separated but you know um the circumstances behind the record are just um i mean it was exhausting it was exhausting doing it i was i don't know about you but after after we finished it i didn't get much else done for the rest of the day i think i just sort of went to bed with a can of passion and Mm. um and uh, just sort of listened to the albums that we were reviewing today in bed (laughs) because i was just so exhausted uh because it's such a cataclysmic event that shaped that record um so it is and i think we kind of like i said in the special and i you know i don't want to spoil it at all but um you really you have to listen it's one of the times where i think you know you have to go and listen to that record we can't really we struggled to sum it up i think yeah maybe not struggle i mean well yeah we did i don't i'm not sure anyone can accurately surmise that record no there's been some really really difficult i I ended up reading i mean i read a a lot of stuff out yesterday because really when you've got an orator as brilliant as nick cave you want to leave as much of the of the language to him as possible but there's been a lot of amazing attempts to try and sum it up and been some great reviews that i read from Mm. um but yeah none of them have quite got it um it's difficult it's a really tricky record to sum up i mean not only was it the start of something new for Nick Cave himself, but it was him doing something that isn't really comparable to an album that's come out before on his 16th record. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. It became a thing where you were like, you know, it's very, it is incredibly rare to get 16 albums in. I was trying to think about this. Like, I mean, I genuinely might think that this is, I genuinely think this might be the, 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 the peak and pinnacle of Nick Cave's recording career i went back and listened to some of the old stuff which i really liked yesterday after this mm-hmm. and i was like it's really great but i'm not sure it holds the same power that skeleton tree and ghost team particularly do hold i'm not actually sure that it that it does i mean it's still fucking brilliant but it's just so different it's very different certainly oh man that's a tricky one Mm. I think I'm so wedded to some of what I would say was Nick Cave's mid-career period. I'm so wedded to that part, like, say, from Let Love In to No More Shall We Part or maybe even Abattoir Blues, like that 10-year period, uh, that that material's always going to be incredibly important to me. But I, But someone saying that to me, it doesn't sound like a mad thing to say which is an incredible thing mm. to say of an artist on their 15th, 16th, yeah. 17th record. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable artistic achievement. And uh, as we said in the thing, a, a fucking a gift, a gift from Nick Cave to to share Yeah, that 
event with us, I think. Uh, anyway, um, patreon.com forward slash Riot Act Podcast. You can go and sign up for um, for £5 a month and that will be out on Monday to go alongside all the other various classic album things that we have done. There's We've done, seven, what we, we've done 25 uh, in total. Have we? If you, oh, I didn't realise. If, okay. if you include the doubles as two. Okay. We we've covered twenty five different records when we released the mm. Nick Cave one, which I noticed, and I might okay. do a nice little picture to celebrate. I look forward to that, <laughs> uh, mate. Before we go into reviews, I know I said I wasn't going to do any news, and this isn't really any news, but I just wanted because I saw it and I was like, I wonder what Renfrew think about this. Okay, but you know, Bring, Bring Me Horizon have released, uh, well, not released, but they've announced that they're releasing a new new music. Yeah, um, this and they've is got a, loads. Is this another EP? Well, yeah, it's going to Probably. be another EP, and it's yeah. got a load of um, guests on it as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, have you seen who the guests are on the Bring Me Horizon EP? I, I haven't. Have they got Garl on it or something? <laughs> <laughs> you wish. <laughs> no, Young Blood, right. uh, Baby Metal, Amy right. Lee, and the Nova Twins. <laughs> Mixed bag in it. Yeah. I mean, that makes total sense. It's a very, very broad spectrum. And that's the purpose of getting these guest artists on predominantly, I think. Mm-hmm. They've got the old and the new there. I mean, um, I mean, for what they want to do, very good choices. Whether they'll yield any interesting creative results or not remains to be seen. Probably not. Probably not, no. Um, baby Metal and Bring Me Their Eyes and is like, I mean, that is metal elitist kryptonite, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, they're going <laughs> to... Their brains are going to explode. Um, I got no, you know, I, there was a time where I really, really liked Bring Me the Horizon a lot. Uh, I don't really feel like I care that much about them these days. I think, you know, I'm still vaguely interested in what they do. Um, but I'll when say, they're getting like. I'll say this much um, Baby Metal with Bring Me the Horizon. I want to hear that. I'm curious to mm. know what that sounds like. Yeah. Don't good think for I'll, the Nova. Don't think I'll like it, but yeah. Sorry, go good, on. Good for, good for the Nova Twins to get on something as high profile as that. Yeah. Even though, you know, they're sort of budget clit drip, aren't they? But, um, <laughs> uh, and budget clit, I, budget clit drip sounds fucking horrible. Yeah. It's not meant to be. Clit drip are really good. No, no, Nova no. Nova Twins but, are, but, but are all right. If you take the concept, is a clit dripping a concept? I don't know. I, I've, I think you've probably gone <laughs> to a place far. that you probably shouldn't have gone to, really, Renfrey. Um, and Amy Lee's on a song called One Day the Only Butterflies Left Will Be in Your Chest As You March Towards Your Death. Nah, it doesn't mean anything, mate. Sorry. Uh, Amy Lee, Evanescence. Uh, I don't really like Evanescence. No one will be surprised to learn that. I, 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 I don't have, care. Just don't care. Yeah, I just don't care. I, I don't have a strong I don't, opinion, but I just don't I'll tell care. you who I don't like, though, and I've never heard a second of his music, but I just think Youngblood looks like a tosser. Yeah, he just looks like a cock, don't I? Just look at him. And I'm like, I, I don't believe you. You can't be good, isn't it? I mean, Twitter B L U D as well. Yeah, yeah. And young is spelled Y U N G. Just completely. And he keeps poking his tongue out and doing like devil horns in all the pictures, and he does fucking videos of him just going, oh, I'm just going wild and jumping up and down and stuff, and he just seems like a fucking annoying twat. I am, but I've not heard his music. I'm far beyond interested. In young blood, let's yeah. say that much. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the 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 upcoming Pantera tribute album <laughs> that Rimfrey's <laughs> far beyond interested. Uh, 
I, I feel quite bad today now, actually, just being like, I've not heard this guy, but I hate him. But, He's probably you know. rubbish, though, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he probably is, to be honest. Mm. All right, there you go. That was just to break up the silliness, really, with some more silliness. Uh, <laughs> let's do some reviews um, <coughs> and start the show with uh, Matt Berninger. The debut solo album from the former National Frontman is called Serpentine Prison. Um, we spoke about him. Did say, I say former? Yeah, you did say current. former. Yeah, current. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sorry, he's not left. That, that would have been quite that big news, been used, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, the national front. He's the front man. He in is the, the national. front man. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and he's, but this is his first solo album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we spoke about him recently after you worked with Taylor Swift on her Folklore album from this year, which has grown on me a fair bit over the last few months, Renfrey. I actually think it's really quite a good record. I've gone back to it a few times, which is good, a- isn't it? astonishing in a year like this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's decent. Um, it's a really nice, uh, it's a lovely background album, which does sound mm. like um, does sound like Damning with Faint Praise, but I, I, some, I do like putting it on in the background. Some, some of the songs on that record are fucking excellent. Yeah, yeah definitely. Like really yeah. fucking excellent. Um, of course, if you've been listening to the show for uh, the long time, then you will know that the two of us really kind of discovered the national properly yeah. when they released the album I'm Easy to Find last year, which was in both of our top 20 albums of the year come yes. the end of 2019. I think it's a brilliant record. Yes. Continue to listen to that uh, to this day. Um, it's, it's fucking excellent. Yeah. Like really fucking excellent. And I think it turned us both from people who were aware of the national into fans definitely um i have picked up many of their albums since i certainly don't have all of them but i'm gonna go out on a limb here and say something unpopular i think i'm easy to find is the best one by a long way personally it's my favorite yeah it's my favorite um i really like boxer i think boxers yeah i was gonna say boxers boxers the closest to it yeah. i would say uh high violet is very good but yeah um overall um i do think that is the best record so i was very much looking forward to this um originally he'd wanted to make an album of covers in the same manner as willie nelson's 1978 album stardust do you know that album no but i know about covers albums so the puddle of mud one i've heard so probably something <laughs> like that i imagine just like that i'm sure uh stardust was produced by the inimitable booker t jones and having worked with him briefly in 2011 adding vocals to down in memphis on jones's the road from memphis berninger approached jones to produce his own record booker encouraged berninger to shape his own material and serpentine prison was born ah i didn't know that there that's go. good to know yeah um yeah okay good right i I was wondering like were you expecting anything different from sometimes people go solo and they do um because they're like the main one in their band Mm. you kind of go is this that different to Mm. i mean for example who released a solo out who went solo and you go this is just more of the same sort of thing uh because you were the main guy in that band um well sting and the police i suppose St- no sting is you could quite different you could police, accuse they, i but. mean i say accuse it's no bad thing at all but you could accuse jerry cantrell of that mm. yeah yeah that's yeah that's a, a great shout yeah Ger- jerry cantrell uh p- plays such an integral part in the sound of alice and chains. chains that when he released his solo album it just sounded like 
kind of like Alice in Chains, but without Lane Staley on it. Well, he wanted Boggy Depot to be the follow-up to right. the self-titled record. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Um, I was expecting and hoping to see a different side of Batman, uh, Bat, <laughs> Matt Berninger that I okay. hadn't seen from the National. I didn't know exactly what that side would be. I had no idea at all where he would go, but I was hoping to see something, a slightly different facet to what he does. And if I'm to say, um, I don't mind this album. I think it's quite good. But if I do have a problem with it, just to get it out of the way, I think that really it doesn't feel like a particularly brave album. I think whilst these songs are distinct enough from the national to be able to, for, for you to be able to tell which comes from which project just about, uh, they don't stray far enough away for me to ever feel like they're revelatory or they reveal a side of Berninger that I'd not seen before. Mm. Um, I think there are some really nice songs on the record. Uh, really nice but nice is the word that kept cropping up in my notes oh this is nice oh this is nice this is nice nice this is nice and um that's kind of all the impression it left on me really how do you feel well i mean i expected it to be i mean i guess i thought it would be a little bit more minimal um right. Oh, right, that would okay. have been my that would have been my prediction which i think i mean when you consider that the national are not exactly you know uh they're not the dillinger escape plan are they there's not like blah, stuff going on ev- all, all over the place they are quite a minimal band themselves even though they yeah you know li- they they there's a lot of different instruments doing a lot of different things it's still it all sounds qu- they're a, they're a fairly quiet band yeah yeah, in comparison with a lot of the stuff that yeah. we that we cover, um, so I thought, you know, I, I wondered, and there are moments on this where I mean, we did the Bill Callahan album yeah. a couple of weeks ago, which is fucking excellent, and it's excellent because it is, it's so quiet, it's barely even audible. Yeah, it's brilliantly personal. It's low fi. It's as low fi as anything. And I thought to myself, like, I wonder if we'll get a super, super duper low fi, you know, very, very stripped back to the beyond the bare bones, like nothing left at all. Um and uh we don't re- and we and we don't get that. No. Really. We get a slightly quieter version of the national. Well I think what we get I mean listening back to, to the national having heard this record and having been listening to the national for the last year or so. And I think the national sound like they sound like they're, they, they sound current to me. They sound like they're coming out today. And when you mentioned, which I didn't know that Matt Berninger was one, was inspired by a Willie Nelson cover album. Yeah. And then I listened to this, that suddenly gives me a lot more perspective and a lot more okay. context to suddenly go, I see because I do think this record sounds like uh, ret. I don't really like the word retro, but it sounds like I think it sounds like an attempt to sound classic. A lot of my notes mention Bob Dylan. Yeah, like a lot. There's a lot of Dylan-esque moments. I think on this record, um, I think a lot of that's to do with uh, Booker T. Jones's production 
Like he, yeah, he is he is a producer that revered artists go to. Um, Otis Redding, Willie Nelson, Cheryl Crow, Elton John, to name just a few. Well, I, I think there's a bit in what's a song where I was like that, that I think is really really good. Um, All for nothing, which starts with it sounds like a kind of classic Elton John piano, but it almost turns into like a musical theatre ballad by the end. And some of the li- and it's a nice, a really like you say, a really nice sounding song. But then the lyrics are standing in the quicksand with a smiling face. I don't mean to bother. Yeah. You know, it's actually like there's something sort of slightly sinister, sinister behind it. And you know, the first song on it um, reminded me of um, uh, Odelay era Beck doing a sort of ballad. Yeah. Um, there's one particular song from Odelay and it escapes me at the moment. But, you know, that that for the T-shirt song and then Distant Access, again, is quite a, an acoustic song. And then One More Second, that starts really quietly like a kind of, like a kind of Bill Callahan song. But it's when that Dylan-esque organ comes in. Yeah. It kind of time stamps it as a, this is kind of country-influenced rock from <clears throat> the late 60s. Yeah. And I think a lot of this sounds like folksy country rock and roll from that particular time period and i i've got no problem with that that's you know i i like a lot of that shit um and i i think i like the album more the more instrumentation like funnily enough i actually for considering i thought it was going to be quite a minimal album when it brings in more instrumentation that's when i tend to respond to it better personally i think i agree i really like the fiddle that comes in on loved so little i think it really lifts the yeah, track and that, and that starts with that organ yeah as well doesn't it? that kind yeah. of pipe organ hammond organ and there's like harmonica in it as well but that's the thing like, great i think that's the thing that i'm disappointed with with this record and and you know i don't want to give the idea that it's a bad record because i don't think it is at all but i think it's at its best when he sounds most like the national yeah, you know, Gail Ann Dorsey appears on Silver Springs, and she was on, um, she was on th- throughout I Am Easy to Find, and that's yeah, a really spectacular nice, performance. Yeah, really that album. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whereas but, on this, it's just good. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, but and it's really welcome. It's a really welcome addition, but it's a welcome addition more for the nostalgia that it brings me with I Am Easy to Find rather than the performance in and of itself. You know. Um, I, I I I like this album. I'm not entirely sure I'll return to it. And certainly, like, something that Berninger's really got going for himself is his really worn-in, lived-in voice. And that's a voice that I'm happy to return to many, many times, and I'm happy to get new material from that voice. But if I want to listen to that voice, I'm far more likely to reach for a national album than I am to reach for this. In fact, this is probably the least likely record with matt berninger on it that i'd be that i'd reach for i think Mm. Mm. um which considering you know it's still quite good i mean that's you know nothing to be sniffed at but yeah it's again it's a music like this is a person like i've said this a few times about albums that we've sort sort of said are quite good Mm. i think this is why i went like coming from a place where you and i would review metal and punk and rock and stuff a lot. I think if you get an average metal album, 
there's not really anything, any reason for you to go back to that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're not particularly nice places to inhabit. If it's not that good, yeah. what are you doing there? Yeah. I mean, an album like this, even at its, you know, at its most average, um, you know, the, 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 there's, there's moments of really, of true brilliance on this record, I think. There's moments like the cadence in the chorus of the title track, total submission, sorry, I'm fishing, that bit. That bit, that's great. That that chorus, I think, is fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, the cello part on collar on your shoulder, oh, sorry, co- collar of your shirt. Collar on your shoulder? Collar of your shirt, I think, is 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 lovely as well. Yeah. Um, the brass on Take Me Out of Town, I think, is is cool yeah again sounds sounds a bit like the national to be fair um and you know that so there are bits on it that are just well this is nice when it's not great yeah but there are moments when it's really nice and i'm happy so i i kind of feel like there might be a time when i would reach it again how often would that be not that often but i'm far more likely to reach for what i think is a proper kind of seven out of ten is this a seven out of ten i would probably go like high six low seven out of ten i reckon i was thinking more six for me if i'm mm. totally honest um which is not a bad but i would i would i would be more likely to reach for a six or seven out of ten album in this genre than i would a six or seven out of ten hardcore album yes it's yes. what it's what i'm saying i agree um totally. yeah, yeah uh and for that reason i'm like yeah you know I, i'm kind of I'm kind of all right with it because it's just, it's like, it's quite a nice place to be in. It's a, ni- um, it's a nicer place to inhabit, you know? Mm. So Silver Springs is actually, the one thing I did notice on Silver Springs is that it nicks the riff from the song they sing Ned on the Three Amigos. <laughs> you ever seen that, seen that film? I have seen it a long time ago. I don't yeah. remember that song. Go to sleep, little cow, but ding 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 It's... It's basically the same song. Steve Martin, Martin Shaw, and Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, of course. Yeah, what the film. Three Amigos. Great film. Want to do a great, great film? Really funny. Really funny. <laughs> funny. Yeah, it's well, great. funny. It's funny. It's, it's mate, great, mate, mate. It's amazing. It's incredible. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking great comedy. It's funny. It's yeah, a comedy it's, film. Yeah, it's, it's funny. You right. fucking snob. It's <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is yeah <coughs> carry on you like El Huapo is brilliant <laughs> would you say I have a plethora <laughs> you have no idea what it means to have a plethora it's a great film it's a great film go on uh, but anyway that's what Silver Springs sounds a bit a bit like that and I think right. when you're going Oh, I like this because it sounds a bit like the song from the Three Amigos. Um, is that a glowing recommendation, <laughs> Steve? I mean, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, yeah, you know, this is pretty good. It's pretty good in its, um, you know, similarity to an eighties comedy film. But it's not. It's not going to be something I don't think where I would be like, oh my god, it's incredible. Um, I, I, there's some really good lyrics on it as well. I mean, the thing about it is, is that the, I thought some of the lyrics on particularly that last national album which as we discussed when we reviewed it were 
just like sometime an album comes along and it's the perfect time for that album yeah. to come along and that happened with that national album um and i think i don't know if the context surrounding you and i's personal live at the time made those that those lyrics more poignant and more um uh, and give us uh, and more inspiring to us but i don't there's nothing on here that i feel particular you know that i think the lyrics are good but there's nothing that really kind of speaks to me in the same way no. i mean there's a, a there's a line like uh, on a glass bottom boat i want to um again that's silver springs on a glass bottom boat i want you to take me out i want to burn down a house to kill my time and it's kind of it, it's a bit it's a little bit darker than um yeah than the national in general yeah i think but yeah. then it's kind of pretty. But it's kind of prettier but as it's well prettier. as a record. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of lyrically darker, but but prettier as a whole. I don't know. I mean, there weren't any particular lyrics. I don't think any of the lyrics are bad by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not sure if Matt Ber- Bernage is capable of writing bad lyrics. Uh, sure well, possibly. Uh, I just, yeah, just like you say, no couplets particularly stood out to me, um, in that way. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not bad. This is not bad. It's just not. Uh, it, it's it's the solo artist. I mean, how many, how many solo artists or people going solo from bands you like uh, have released great like Danzig? Yes, um, Ozzy, I suppose. Yeah, quite a few good Ozzy albums. But a lot of the time, people going solo. I'm struggling to think of anyone else. Greg, Mike Patton. Mike Patton usually joins bands. Like I wouldn't say the Mike Patton stuff under the Mike Patton umbrella is particularly like, yeah. oh wow, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh usually when people do a solo album, um, particularly when they're still in the band, mm. I can't think of many when it's been like, Oh, this is essential. No, not many at all. Euphoria Morning by Chris Cornell. I was thinking Chris Cornell, or I, I'd, I'd like to throw Jerry Cantrell in there as well. I think Degradation Trip is fucking brilliant. Um, but yeah, it's difficult to think of many. Mm. Yeah. So it's just another one of them, really. It's like uh, some stuff that he needed to get out while he's not doing the national at the moment, I guess. Yeah. That is probably not quite as good as the thing that he's known for and that's all right do you think do you think the covers album might have been a better record oh covers albums are hit and miss aren't they let's be honest covers albums are and they're mostly missed to to be fair they're i say they're hit and miss they are the majority of covers albums are misses i mean i've not heard the willie nelson one that we're talking about there's garage inc that's it (laughs) basically rediscovered What's that? Puddle of mud. Oh, is that what it's called? I forgot what it's, it's called. Rediscovered. Uh, oh, <laughs> rubbish. Yeah, Terrible. awful. Yeah. Like the Danzig, Danzig sings Elvis. The Danzig, other Danzig <laughs> one is rubbish. Um, the Inner Armour one that we did this yeah. year is not great not either, good. is it? There's not really many good covers albums, to be fair. I, I, you know what? Despite everything that you've just said, and I do agree with all of it, I would have liked to here the bat matt Berner, berniger covers album produced by booker t jones yeah so yeah don't know we, you you can't i know it doesn't exist i know sorry mate I'm yeah fu- well i'm furious 
<laughs> well, there you go. Anyway, um, if you're a fan of the National, I'd give it a listen for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it a listen. Um, Matt Berninger, Serpentine Prison is out right bloody now. Okay. This album came out last week um, and we were going to do it, but what with time and stuff, we didn't. Mm. Um, I'm not sure I got sent it, in fact. So uh, that's that's why. I did. Uh-huh. You did. Okay. <laughs> well done. So I couldn't have done it last week, but had I have heard it, I would have... Uh, made sure that we did do it. So yes. there you go. Yes. There's the spoiler for this album straight away. Crippled Black Phoenix. Uh, the album is called Ellengast, the eighth studio album. I believe it's the eighth studio album. Well, they've done lots of different things. It's really difficult to tell with Crippled Black Phoenix because they release albums and they release mini albums and EPs and all sorts of things. I read somewhere that they consider this a mini album which is crazy because it's 54 minutes and 25 seconds. <laughs> but there you go. It's the longest thing we're doing this week, I think, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> and they consider this a mini album. But I actually wouldn't be surprised by that because they've released a fair few double albums and stuff like that. So, yeah. Mm. Um, what did you know fair about enough. Cripple Black Phoenix before this? I knew the name and I knew that it was Justin Greaves formerly of um iron monkey and electric wizard yeah um i know they've been around for and i knew they've been around for a long time so i think at this point bringing up bands that he was in probably 20 years ago um seems a bit silly but then at the same time because i you know i like electric wizard a lot mm-hmm. and i bloody love iron monkey or i loved them then when he was in the band mm-hmm. i do not endorse the current iron monkey sorry um uh that was about it and i knew they had something to do with dominic from mogwai was in them all played with them for a little bit right oh i think that is right actually um i completely forgot about that but yeah i think you're right um they're kind of a they're kind of a post-rock band aren't they i guess yeah i'm see here's the thing right straight away on this album this is probably uh, I think it's probably the first. I, I, it's not the first time I've heard one of their songs because they've been around for a long time. About I'm sure years. I've heard them before. Yeah, uh, but it's certainly the first time I've sat down and actively listened to one of their records properly. Same, right? And I thought, oh, they're like a sort of retro rock band. Oh, they're a post rock band. Oh, they're a sort of black metal band oh are all they are like a sort of black and hardcore band i wasn't really sure what they were mm-hmm. and having listened to this record i'm still not really sure what they were what yeah. they what they were what they are yeah yeah because this is <clears throat> it's so many things yeah and on paper i think it's so many things that maybe shouldn't work yes. together yes and yet this is comfortably the bleakest, darkest album we're doing this week, but it's also probably the most beautiful and the most uplifting as well. I completely agree. Um, so work that one out. Yeah, I absolutely love this record. Spoiler alert. I think it's fucking mm. fantastic. Um, yeah. Ellen Gast, which in oldie English with some Scandinavian connection translates as strong spirit and another reference as mischievous demon. Hello. That's uh, me in the bedroom with a can of passion. Uh, Fucking don't ever (laughs) say this again. 
Uh, it's very interesting what you said about shouldn't work on paper. Um, it's a small story from the studio here. On the day tracking started for Ellen Gast, Crippled Black Phoenix, completed by vocalist and lyricist Belinda Cordick, guitarist Andy Taylor and multi-instrumentalist Helen Stanley, suddenly unexpectedly found themselves without a male lead vocalist and keyboardist. Whereas events of a similar thread would spell doom for most bands, Greaves took it as an opportunity to tap into his deep network of musician friends. Before he knew it, several prominent guest vocalists were secured, ready and able to lend their considerable talents to Ellen Gast. Anathema's Vincent Kavner, Gar's Weird, Christian Gal Espadel, Colosseum, Photo Crime, one-time Crippled Black Phoenix touring bassist Ryan Patterson, up-and-coming UK, UK solo artist Susie Stapleton, and Tribulations' Jonathan Holton. Oh, that's a lot of guests. Um, so effectively, we have a record here which has different vocalists on most of the songs. Mm. And it should sound like a weird compilation tape, really, like Roadrunner United or something like that. Mm. And yet, as you said, it's very diverse and it has loads of different things going on. It's probably the most diverse record we're covering this week by quite some distance. And mm. yet it's somehow really cohesive, really, mm. really cohesive. It's bonkers. I don't quite know how it's all hung together, I guess, through Justin Greaves. But it's brilliantly put together. I, I think this is a wicked record. And we called it post-rock. I'd almost side on the side of post-metal. But that really mm. doesn't give the full um, uh, picture because this is really catchy, this album. Yeah. A song like Cry of Love is fast becoming my favourite song of the year. Because it? uh, it's just so galloping and it's so joyful and yet so heavy at the same time. I can't get enough of it. I absolutely love it. And it just... When that chorus comes in, I mean, it's got two massive choruses, that song. But mm. when the second chorus particularly comes in, it just, you can't wipe the smile off my face. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. And then you've got She's in Parties, the, the closing track as well, which again, you know, 80s post-punk goth, Susie Sue style banger. It's very, interesting. it's very interesting you're saying that. I, maybe you're not aware that's actually a Bauhaus cover. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Oh, that's very interesting because you picked up on that quite well, I think, with this. I mean, mm. the Susie and the Banshee reference is not a million miles away from Bauhaus. No. Yeah, no. That's, I've that's never actually... really listened to Bauhaus, to be perfectly honest. Neither have I, if I'm honest. I just read it mm. in the press notes. That's why you need to read the press <laughs> notes. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, that's actually a Bauhaus cover. Bit of a weird way to end the record. Reminds me a little bit of Oceans of Slumber. Uh, ending their album with a typo negative cover i'm a bit like is it strictly necessary although well, i do think it rounds it off quite nicely i think it rounds it off fairly nicely but i think the problem is is for me the 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 ion negative one minute 50 thing yeah. into the invisible past which basically is about 13 and a half minutes or yeah. so yeah um Such, together combined yeah is fucking unbelievable yeah and i think the invisible past as good as you know everything on this record is i think the when when those clean vocals come in at the end of the invisible past i say the end it's probably about you know four minutes from the end so you've been yeah. there a while anyway but i love it feels like 
the brightest of suns coming out yeah. from behind the darkest of clouds. It is so good. And that song is, I mean, you said, you know, um, uh, Cry of Love is fast becoming your favourite song of the year. I, I can't understand how anyone could listen to this record and not think The Invisible Past is the the centrepiece and the 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 absolute pinnacle of this record. I think it's fucking astonishing, that song. The Invisible Past is a very close second. Um, mm. I, don't, I wonder maybe if it's because I've heard the tricks that it pulls off myriad more times than you because they're very post-rock tricks the dynamics in that song are absolutely wonderful yeah um i i i don't get me wrong i think it's a wonderful 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 song um and mm. and yeah i suppose you started talking about that song because in terms of like conclusions the invisible mm. pact is an amazing natural conclusion to the record yeah, definitely. so yeah, so it yeah. is a little bit weird that they tag on the she's in parties Bauhaus cover on, on in on the end not that i dislike it it's just a little bit no i i, I actually quite like it uh, well i no not even quite like it. i do like it i think it's good it's it's, it's a bit of me yeah. isn't it that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. thing uh, which is why i should probably listen to Bauhaus. I think you probably should. You should probably listen Silly to... Silly boy. I think you already do, actually. But I was going to say, you should probably listen to Tribulation as well because um, it's Jonathan... Yeah, I know Tribulation. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Holton, who does the vocals on The Invisible Past. Mm. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, this album in in its... In, you know, I mean, you've got <laughs> basically three eight-minute long, eight-minute plus or slightly just below eight-minute songs that in the first three tracks which get you into here. And it that take you to so many places yeah. so many wonderful places yeah um i think it's really interesting that um vincent from anathema is on those songs i mean i suppose ex anathema now isn't he but um yeah but um he does the lead vocals uh on house of fools with belinda backing him and on lost belinda does the lead vocals with vincent backing her and I think Lost in particular, I'd say both of those songs, but Lost in particular does sound like a kind of mid-career or maybe even early career anathema song. You know, it's got that kind mm. of drive and doominess, but it's also really fucking catchy. And anathema were really good at that for a small period of time, like around mm. eternity and stuff like that. You know, uh, that I mean, Lost is a great song fucking great yeah. song i love it um in the night i mean we've got to talk about in the night haven't we because that uh that features gal narrating yeah at the beginning of the song and it's really compelling we've spoken we've spoken about he we, scares the fucking shit out of me that dude fucking petrifying um <laughs> he's the guy on meta evolution isn't he yeah yeah who's... have you ever there's there's a documentary um that you can on youtube um and you know obviously he's the satan guy yeah. from metal evolution <laughs> and that's sort of what he's probably yeah. going to be known as forever but um i mean i saw Godseed live a few years ago and he was fucking terrifying but there's there's a documentary made that's been put up on youtube and um he's just like they they go to his um his his like cabin in Norway in the middle of fucking nowhere and he's like I'll make you some dinner and he goes out and kills something for them to eat <laughs> oh, god. oh my god I'd be terrified <laughs> it's just like oh fucking hell this guy's he's like 
you know, he lives a very, very simple, secluded life, secluded yeah. existence. And um, didn't um, uh, he could murder? He could have murdered those people. Didn't Metal to. Hammer invite like a dozen fans to drink wine with him or something like that? Or he he really recently? I don't remember that. I think just prior to COVID, he did a like album launch party thing where like fans turned up and they drank wine with Gal. <laughs> that was how it was built. Drink wine right. with Gal. That sounds good. That sounds like the sort of of Metal Hammer feature that I would have got pitched to ask to do like... like seven years ago to be honest like go 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 to Alton Towers with Dragon Force Can you bon, bonsai tree pruning with Corp Lacani bring it back that's proper journalism we we took Cradle of Filth to see what sort of bread they would bake <laughs> down at the Artisery Bakehouse. <sighs> or artisan, I should artisan, say. Yeah. I don't know what artisery is. Just invented that word. Anyway, um, yes, Gull. Gull and his fucking terrifying vocal stylings, which uh, really just changed the... Again, just... It is cohesive, but how much does that change the entire feel of this record? Yeah, it just makes it feel... Mass- massively. Makes it feel evil all of a sudden. It does, yeah. You know? And it's not really... I was quite surprised because being, you know, like, oh, Crippled Black Phoenix, I'm sure they're heavy with a name like that. Yeah. Um, and the first couple of songs, they, they were heavy, but like you said, they were kind of that bright heavy. Yes. And because they were so catchy, I was like, it's heavy, but it's... And it's doomy, but it's sort of melodically upliftingly do me yeah and then he comes in and it's like oh okay not anymore yeah yeah it's horrible well the whole album on house of fools it starts with a trumpet which immediately i mean the amount of brass and metal at the moment thank fuck for brass you know like this should be known as the era of brass in this metal calendar um it's great like it is one of the best additions to metal ever and so it started with a trumpet and I was already excited. And then it goes absolutely batshit mental, like almost noise rock for a few moments before going into the song proper. And it was something that I really wasn't expecting because I'd seen Crippled Black mm. Phoenix live before. I told you this story off mic, but um, they were the very fish out of water support for Converge's Blood Moon shows. And actually on reflection, I do see... Um, why it should have in theory worked but they were also being supported by the body and full of hell yeah. uh who had both kind of i mean the the sound for the, all of the supports was awful but you know the body and full of hell had just warmed people up to a ridiculous like fev- fever you know um and uh crippled black phoenix came on and a lot of people were just talking over them and like uh, i think justin greaves kept making kind of passive aggressive uh comments towards the audience about you know maybe maybe if they shut up and listen to some music they'll learn something dunderheads and blah 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 and it really put me off this band Mm. for ages and um as I said, I received this promo, but I didn't really want to listen to it because it left quite a bad taste in my mouth, if I'm honest, because I was like, you're the support band. You can't really tell people to shush, you know. Uh, but this has eradicated all of that because this is excellent. I don't care if they murder children. I want to, <laughs> to listen Fucking to that. 
<laughs> I do care if they murder children, uh, but I want to listen to more of this. Is that? Do you think they'll put that in the poster? Uh, doubt it. Um, <laughs> hey, we'll we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, I didn't have any negative stuff towards them. Um, I wouldn't be that happy if they went around killing children. I've got to be honest, but that's just my own personal moral code um, that Renfrey doesn't subscribe to. That's fine. Um, but it's really, really good. This record, it's yeah. really, really good. And I still don't. I, I love not being able to to comfortably pigeonhole something. We said it. You yeah. know, we we're saying about the start about Skeleton Tree and how difficult it was to surmise that record. Um, this is very, obviously very, very different, but similarly, um, very difficult to know exactly where this would sit. Yes, and who who this would be for. I mean, I think people who just like good, challenging, exciting, heavy music. Yeah. That's, that's enough, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Which should be all of you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Ellen Gust by Cripple Black Phoenix. It's been out for a little while, uh, but it's still Only a out week. now. Only a week. Only a week. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do the next record. Um, again, we're flying by the seat of our pants genre wise and going all over the gaff uh because we're going to be talking about the new album from open Mike eagle anime trauma and divorce now i believe this would be considered um the chicago-based rapper and comedian's fifth solo album okay. uh, he has done a lot of stuff um he used to be part of the trio thirsty fish i know a lot of people um well my mate ben actually i should say in particular was like their album Watergate, which came out at the start of the last decade. I can't remember if it was 2011 or 2012, a while back. But he was like, that album's fucking brilliant. And it was, it was, it was good. He played it to me. I thought it was pretty good. Um, but Open Mike Eagle seems like a very busy boy. He's got his own podcast. He's doing all manner of musical and comedic endeavours. Um, he appeared on the cult cartoon network show Adventure Time. Do you know Adventure Time, Memphis? I do, yeah. Um mm. I watched an episode once of Adventure Time and it felt like ADHD in my head. There was a lot of um, pretty colours and things moved on very quickly. It was too much for me to handle, I have to say. I quite liked yeah, so I quite liked it, but it was so skitterish and so all over the place. So I was just like, ah, it was a bit much. It, it's, um, I think that is a children's TV show <laughs> made by adults who want something to watch themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, he's been on that. Um, so he's obviously been a very busy boy and it's obviously affected his personal life because what we have here is a fairly stark, um, fairly sarcastic at points, quite blunt, but obviously very honest account of the divorce that he went through in the lead up to this record. Now, you and I, Renfrey, um, again, to bring up Skeleton Tree, we have spoke about some pretty harrowing stuff from the music that we've covered um since we've been doing this podcast death illness grief loss abuse um have all kind of cropped up in various albums and in various albums you know that we've been personally affected by some of the stuff that we've spoken about before and we've we've thrown that stuff into it um and it's been at times quite heavy conversations um <laughs> i've been divorced before and for me obviously this this record is a far less emotionally trying and testing record than something like stage four or skeleton tree and um and i think that's fine because trust me in comparison with the stuff that those albums deal with 
divorce is actually quite easy to get over. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the divorce, I would say. Um, but yes, uh, have we dealt with an album that deals with divorce before? I'm not sure if we have. Uh, not as certainly not as as bluntly, bluntly yeah, yeah, as yeah. as this, and certainly where that is def you know that is undoubtedly the thematic through line i don't know if you'd get a metal record that would deal with uh that would deal with something like that um which is why i think that this album is really interesting i think it's really interesting and i think um he deals with it in the sort of in in the way that i think you would maybe expect a lot of men to deal with it he can be really pissed off and really bitter at some points and he can be quite sarcastic and there seems to be this thing where he's wrestling with the idea of it being a bad thing and it being quite upsetting which i'm sure it is obviously he's got kids which we'll talk about in a bit and that the whole thing is this ridiculous it, it was ridiculous in the first place and i quite like that because um you know we've spoken before about the about and uh, you know obviously this has massively massively changed over the years but the bravado of hip-hop mm-hmm. um doesn't always allow or you stereotypically wouldn't allow uh for somebody to to express the range of emotions that i think open mic ego expresses on this record yeah yeah um I've only just thought of this, so feel free to poo-poo it if you if you wish. But um, are we talking about like the hip hip hop world's answer to everything you ever wanted to know about silence? <laughs> well, it's <laughs> it's certainly not as um, it's not scabrous scabrous as that. Uh, that's a I mean that's a that's a a young person breakup yeah. record yeah whereas yeah, this true, feels like a true. this this feels like a, a middle middle-aged man i mean i don't actually know how old uh, how think, old he is I think he's, he's 39 oh, yeah he's, thir- he's 39 he's 39 so what i think you get a, a more a, a more rounded and mature um yeah. reaction to splitting up with someone this is a breakup record for someone who is not um it is not i mean you know daryl palumbo said i was very immature yeah. and very emotional like overly emotional i think the emotions on and that singular emotion in everything you've ever wanted to know about silence seem to just be fuck you yeah, yeah like yeah. i'm upset whereas this there's a lot more going on than just fuck you i'm upset yep agreed um but there are it, it whilst obviously a lot of it deals with uh break up and is kind of um even named in the title there were were other things that happened to uh open mike eagle which it chronicles including Mm. he had a comedy central show which got cancelled yeah uh an anticipated musical collaboration crumbled and then there was his divorce as well and this all happened Mm. in the space of a year so those those things as well that crop into it um a lot of references to geek culture so Peter mm-hmm. Dinklage is in there, Professor X, White Magneto. Um, one of the songs is called Death Parade, which is an anime. Kim Deal, Black Mirror. Uh, mm-hmm. Is open Michael Eagle hip-hop's answer to Weezer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, that's, I think that's certainly, that feels closer to me because, you know, the, 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 there's, there's uh, a wider range of emotions. There's a, yeah. a really, you know, like to talk about it, 
musically for a moment, which I think we we probably should do. It's much more. I mean, you mentioned you said to me like, oh, this feels more like R and B than sort of straight hip hop. When it started, but, yeah, the first song, Death Parade, I think sounds like something R Kelly might have done. <laughs> yeah, um, something something legal. He means musical. <laughs> um, not, yeah, not, not that, the other stuff. That wasn't like the worst insult ever. No, I mean, I I, I have no beef with the, that first song, but it, it to me, I listened to it. I was like, well, this sounds like R. Kelly, you know, mm, I thought. Mm, mm. I mean, and my there's, knowledge there's is limited, loads, but, you know. Yeah, so. but there's loads, you know, there's there's loads of kind of classic soul sounding lush yeah, um, yeah. strings and R&B beats and rhythms and stuff on it. So, yeah, this is not a, in the same way as Weezer lean on shit like the Beach Boys uh yeah. and you know kind of the beatles and stuff to create kind of sugar-coated pills of sweetness um that are actually quite bitter when you get down to the core of them i think this record does a similar thing with a different genre of music yeah yeah i could mm. i could yeah i could get behind you on that definitely yeah mm-hmm. and some of it is really fucking good like some of it is really good um he can be really pissed off and quite bitter at some points he can be sarcastic at other points he can be quite inward looking and go you know what did i do wrong you know what what about this is my fault uh on other part and other parts i think like the the i mentioned the kind of old school soul back in head ass which is quite a self-loathing seems to be kind of a, a quite a sarcastic self-loathing number but with this really beautiful kind of old school soul backbeat to it which i i really liked um i really there's a song called sweatpants spider-man which i musically i don't think is amazing but i like i i, I like what it's about like it seems to be um <laughs> it's proper like newly single man behavior that he's talking about i mm. think on that on that he's like you know tattoos gold chain anime like i'm doing talking about doing more push push-ups and it's that thing that when you break up with someone first of all you're like well good because actually now yeah. i can do whatever the fuck i want so yeah. no good good i'm glad that's happened and that's you know sort of i think what that yeah um what that song captures even totally. though it's not i think it's a brilliant song but i do actually like the the it, it's something that I've, I've you know Again, it's not a very standard hip hop fare. Mm, mm. No, I mean definitely for for the most interesting thing about this record for me, certainly as someone who doesn't uh, doesn't have a wide knowledge of hip hop, is to hear um, different hear emotions and things being expressed that I'm not used to hearing in hip hop. I'm sure there are other examples of it, but I don't hear these sorts mm. of things expressed in this genre all that much and that's where it's easily it's at its most interesting to me i have to admit i mean on a first listen not an awful lot stuck with me or at least i didn't Mm. think an awful lot stuck with me because then when i went back to it like a day or so later for my second listen i realized i'd picked up on a lot more of the hooks than i'd realized they were far more subliminal than i gave them uh credit for um I think uh, an artist called Carrie Foe appears on Bukurati, I think that's called, mm-hmm. and she sounds really, really good. Um, I think she does her bit really, really well. There's a nice kind of slacker-like chorus on the edge of new clothes, which reminded me a bit of Beck, second mention for Beck. Um, yeah. I wasn't sure what to expect from this album, and I wasn't sure if you were going to give me something which was kind of 
clipping-esque or not. I don't think this is the clipping end of the spectrum in the slightest. No, no, what, no. What I will say, though, is there was a little kind of slip into the noisy territory that clipping exhibit on Ass's Bop. Uh, nowhere mm. near as acerbic as what clipping managed to achieve. And we're talking about the clipping record next week, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I was going to end. I was going to. Okay. Uh, we'll, yeah. But go on. Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, it was nice to hear to like. Uh, it, 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 it's a nice point in the middle where it kind of gets a bit weird and fucked up. Mm. yeah i mean this is not you know it, it, this is not run the jewels it's not clipping it's no. not like a super this is actually a fairly um i mean i think you know for, for uh, shit like weezer and beck are really yeah. good examples of a similar type of thing you know this is definitely alternative rap it's just not yeah you know we've yeah. tended to cover the 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 heavier um end of the spectrum um when it comes to covering this type of stuff uh and you know he's never you know that's just not what what this is at all yeah. it's a, it's it's a you know like musically it's i'd say it's less challenging i you know it's it's this is a fairly this is a pretty catchy album you know i did feel that you know black mirror episode rumor merge like that <laughs> bit like it's it's in my head straight away and weirdly weirdly like as cat you know as catchy as that is you know <laughs> there's a great stand-up bass line in that song which is catchy as fuck yeah. that line is really catchy my shit went to hell because of Netflix is like a, a great line. Again, it's it's funny, um, yeah. but it comes in between. I mean, when he really lets his guard down a little bit, there's a song in it called Everything Ends Last Year, which is really great. And it's really musically very minimalist. And when he says like that, that sort of hook on it, it's October and I'm tired. And you can really feel like, he sounds beaten and he sounds drained um, on that line. And mm. it's fucking great. And then the Black Mirror episode comes in, song comes in, mm. and it, it kind of almost like makes me go, oh, no, no, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. And then What the Fuck is Self Care is the next song, which mm. is, again, is I, I think is a really interesting song. You know, uh, what's one of the lines that I wrote down? It's like journaling, finding pain you were hurdling, crying so hard you are gurgling. Mm. Like he kind of is doing that fighting Mel Bravado. And I think it's really revealing. I think that's when that album, this album's at its best, mm. when he's kind of admitting that he's fighting against the sort of bravado and the, you know, like, I don't have to be upset, but I am. Like I think that's when this 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 album's at its strongest mm. is when he really does just kind of fess up and admit that that's really how he's feeling. Um, those are the sort of highlights lyrically for me on the record. Um, and then the last track is a song that was recorded live um, that about him and his family going snorkeling. And he wrote it the day before and then performed it live at, you know, wherever it was performed. And he gets his kids up on stage to perform it with him. And it's really good. Like, they're really good, aren't they? Like, it's a really kind of, it's a sweet way to end the record, I think. They throw themselves into it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> really, really good might be a little idea. Yeah, okay. But, yeah. They, but they throw I themselves. think it's good that it they sweet. get up. But yeah, yeah, they throw, yeah. It's, it's a sweet, it's it's a sweet. sweet way to end the record. Um, 
I wouldn't be uh, giving them a recording contract straight away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no, I, okay, yeah, okay, but, yeah, yeah, it yeah. is a sweet way to end the record, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think this is cool. I mean, the thing is, right, basically, um, as you mentioned, next week the new clipping album's out, yeah, um, bad timing. So, so, um and it's completely different from this. And it you know, is the only we, we've talked about backwash and how great backwash was this year. We've talked about run the jewels and how great the run the jewels album was as well. And I think this is, uh, this is a good record from a type of hip hop, which I enjoy, but I'm, you know, but I mean, is it, it's, if we were, you know, it's, it's not the best hip hop album spoiler alert that we're going to be reviewing in this no. fortnight. No. Put it that way. No. Uh, um, by by I, a fair distance as well. I yeah, say. yeah, 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 yeah. But I do like. I mean, I I do like this. I do. I think there are moments in this that are that are, that are really good. Yeah. And if you're a fan of the more kind of lackadaisical alt sounding hip hop, then I think you know that kind of classic that comes from that classic kind of I was going to say posy street hip hop sound that kind of um you know the it's it doesn't sound like Jurassic 5 but that kind of attitude of like it's all a bit of a joke until it's not mm. um I think you might I think you might get quite a bit of enjoyment out of this I think it's pretty good like I can see myself coming back to certain songs on this record and I'm certainly interested in him as a person um and I think that's that's part of the you know that's part of the ch the challenge. I think with with you know so, well solo artists. We talked about Matt Berenger before. I'm not sure Matt Berenger. I'm not really sure that anything is particularly revealed about Matt Berenger on that yeah, record. Yeah. Whereas this, you go, ah, well, there is something that you know. There's definitely a lot. I, I feel like I I learned a lot about Open Mike Eagle as a person from listening to this record. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that's a very fair thing to say. And. um I mean that in 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 a way they kind of both remind me of each other because neither of them am I super bothered about, but I think both of them are quite nice, especially when they're on, you know. And I enjoy them being on, um, in the background. But um, but I'm not entirely sure I'll return to either, really, especially in a year where there's so much amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I I I wasn't sure what to expect from this. Um, I got something completely different to anything i could have imagined and it was far more interesting um than i could have imagined it would have been so that's you know that's a very good thing for me whether i return to it or not i don't know but i like it it's a distinct voice you know yeah yeah it's good there you go um anime trauma and divorce by open mic eagle is out today if you're listening to this podcast today it came out let's end the show with another album that actually came out last week um it is the second album from the scottish blackened thrash band hell ripper we've already discussed them with our impression earlier Absolutely. on the show hell which is so we don't so we don't have to <clears throat> fucking out what was that um <laughs> uh the album's called the affair of the poisons it came out last week and it's currently as we sit here recording is number one on the metal page on Bandcamp. yeah Quite well good, done well done them yeah Congratulations, well you say everyone. them um it's technically a solo project of one mr james mcbain oh sorry i didn't know that james mcbain mm, i'm not sure he's going to be <laughs> that chuffed with you <laughs> might cut that um yeah. and it kind of sits at the apex between black metal and thrash 
would you say? I would say so. Yes, I um, would say that's fair. I put down here that thematically it's Slayer, musically it's Megadeth, production-wise it's Kill 'Em All era Metallica. <laughs> uh, whether that's a good top three from the big four or not, I don't know. It'll be up to <laughs> Poor you. Poor Anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I read a couple of other reviews of this, and all of them bar one, one, all of them bar one mentioned kill them all and it's yeah pretty, well you can see why it's pretty difficult to it is as if john mcbain sat down and went i want to replicate the sound of kill them all hmm. and i'll give him loads of credit he's done an amazing job of it <laughs> like a written hmm. sounds it sounds like a time capsule this album i mean yeah i i i've got venom and motorhead quite a lot yeah yeah yeah. Now that's probably what Metallica had when they wrote yeah, Kill 'Em All. Exactly. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense that yeah. that was that is true. Um Do you do you like that approach or do you dislike it? Because I think that is an approach which will be for better or worse, depending well, on the Well, we've we've spoken about what what I call cosplay thrash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. quite a lot over this show. And if you're gonna do that, you need to be really 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 fucking good for me i'm not <laughs> you know i'm not when, when there's rain in blood and ride the lightning and you know peace cells and pleasure to kill and shit like that out there I, you can't just rock up with like you know a bandana and loads of patches on your your cut off denim jacket and a fucking flying v and think that i just, don't I don't think anyone in Scotland is going to be wearing a bandana. Oh, well, if they're in a proto thrash band, they might be. Because <laughs> you've got to dress, you've got to dress, you've got to look like you came from 1984, Renfrew. Well, That's true. the way you got to look. Um, so luckily for him, uh, I think he writes really, really good riffs. He does, and, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, and he's, it's slightly more modern production techniques than something like well, certainly more than fucking Venom. I think he's also got... Um, I don't think he's got a very distinct vocal style. No. I think what he's got is... I, he sounds like Eric Danielson from Watain, basically. He sounds like, you know, a bloke from... Or like, you know, he sounds like... you Any kind of European thrash or like black metal-y singer, like generic... Generic kind of modern <laughs> composite of, you know, Millie from Creator and, uh, you know, whoever else you want to stick in there. And so, you know, there's not a lot of character to that, um, but it is good. I mean, I like it when he does the motorhead riffs. That's when it's good. Like second song, Spectres of the Blood Moon, the motorhead riff. Amazing. The rock and rolly bit, Vampire Graves. That's fucking great. I really, really like that. Yeah. When they do much more typical sounding Megadeth, Metallica, Thrash, or something like Beyond the Convent Walls, it's good, but it does a little bit less for me, to be perfectly honest. Um, Are you saying we, it's better when it's simpler? I'm saying it's better when it's got a rock, a kind of that that rock and roll, that sort of bluesy rock and roll feel okay. to it. As okay. opposed to this uh, like hundred billion miles and uh, trying to go like da -da 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 -da. like you know I feel like I've heard that a lot and I don't need yeah. more and more and more of it. Yeah. At least rock and roll's catchy, 
you know what I mean? It's the same things we were saying that, that like the Matt Bernard, your album, you're happy to be in that situ- that place because it's nice. I'm happy to be in a catchy kind of rock and roll metal yeah. place because at least it's catchy. I don't, you know, there are, I've got Slayer. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Celtic Frost. I don't need another, no, I don't know, I don't need it, but like, unless you can match that. Um, we chucked away doing the recent Devil Driver album, which came out two weeks ago, hence why we're, we're not doing it as, as well. Um, I was under the impression from a lot of people that, or from some people, sort of insinuated, oh, you have to do this because you're going to fucking love it. Um, the new Devil Driver album is better than this. Yeah, yeah. I've not heard the new Devil it's Driver. It's a more interesting record. It's a better record. Mm. Like, to be frank, I do think it's a better record. I've not heard the new Devil Driver, so I can't vouch for that necessarily. But I can imagine it probably is. This is a very, it does one thing and it does it very, very well. You know, it's a decent mm. thrash record. Um, for better or worse, it has that Kill 'Em All style production, uh, which I think. I mean, I'm not a fan of the Kill 'Em All style production at all, um, if I'm totally honest. But it does mark this as somewhat distinct from a lot of the other current retro thrash metal acts that are out there. Mm-hmm. So I think, in a way, it's actually quite a smart move. Uh, it's got a song on it called "Blood Orgy of the She Devils." For fuck's sake! I mean, it gives yeah, you an idea. Good. Gives you an idea of just how seriously Hellripper take themselves. It's 30 minutes and 39 seconds, which is a pretty perfect length for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't outstay. I never welcome. got bored. I never got no. bored. Yeah, right. You don't get bored. Um, and particularly, I, like, I actually, actually think like Savage Blasphemy has got this little drum part in the middle, which I love. Where it's sort of like that whole like, and then back into the thrash bit, which sounds really good. Just once. Yeah. It's about three seconds. Um, well, I admire the fact that McBain has a vision and he's not compromised on it. You know, mm. I feel like if there had been more creative voices involved, someone at some point might have turned around to him and gone, maybe we should produce it so that it doesn't sound like Kill 'em All, <laughs> you know. But admittedly, that quote unquote flaw is what marks it out, you know, from the slew of other copycat thrash metal acts. And it's difficult to hate an album that is clearly made with so much enthusiasm for the genre. Really. Yeah. I, I, for me, like, I, I like the, like I say, the rock and rolly part, the catching it. And, we, and we, when they've got an actual chorus, like the my favourite song on it is Hex and Natch. Yeah. Yeah. Hex and Natch. Like, and it's got an actual, like, oh, yes, there you go. There's an actual chorus. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's an actual catchy thing. And too much of this, uh, you know, I mean, on Kill Em All, you can go, you know, hit the lights, search in, seek and destroy. Like there's not, and there's not enough of them Hmm. on this record for it to be even vaguely comparable to an album like Kill 'Em All really, other than the fact that it sounds like it production wise. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. It's, but this is, this is absolutely fine. Yeah. Fucking hell. I've just used the rim free fine. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) <laughs> it's fine uh it, it, and it is fine um i mean it's like you say if you love thrash metal old school thrash metal you'll probably have a thoroughly enjoyable time listening to this in yeah. the 30 minutes you listen to it yeah but then you'll put pleasure to kill on straight after it and you'll go this is much better wow quite or maybe you won't maybe you maybe you like i don't know how you're still here 
if you are one of those people who just want to listen to loads and loads of metal because we've made it perfectly clear how we feel about this stuff in the last few months on this show naming no names for free um, <laughs> but um but yeah i mean you know i i like uh, we both really love metal but i think we uh, like there's so much going on in the world that i don't ever see myself listening to this ever again that's no exactly that's the thing there's um yeah when code orange exists you're kind of like well this is all well and good but you know come on hmm. and code orange do exist they do so sorry yep. everyone sorry every other band in the world <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh anyway uh that's the affair of the poisons by hell ripper it's out now look at you what are you beavering away like um jessica lang in um jessica lang jessica thingy in murder she wrote i'm sorry i'm starting my edit notes <laughs> i'm just i'm just getting 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 on with few. it really it's gonna be, be a, a few yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right well there you go that's it um we will be back next week next week or tecra as I mentioned, new clipping album. Um, and fingers crossed, we would like to get Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, we that's would like to. A bit of a pipe dream, but we might get Bruce Springsteen. We'll have some yeah. Paul Bearer as well, and hopefully the New Zealander EP. Mm. Mm. So, a, a, a pretty busy week. It was less busy this week than it has been over the last mm. mental few weeks, but that's all right. This is an outlier, this one. Trust me. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. It'll be fucking lunatic again next week all right so that's what we got um as i said go to patreon.com forward slash riot act podcast where you can um listen to our very interesting chat about skeleton tree quite a different um classic album this week and you'll also be able to find out what the next classic album we're doing is because i i tell you at the end of that you spunked it didn't you i did yeah um go to signaturebrew.co.uk put riot act one word in the checkout for 10% off of your lovely fruity, passion fruity beer. Mm. Thanks very much to them. They are very nice. I might have one tonight. Oh, I'm going to wow. get a Nando's. I'm going to get a Nando's tonight. Oh, not I sponsored by a, them. No, nah, but I just thought I'll tell you that I'm <laughs> going to get a Nando's tonight. Nice. And I might have a, I might crack open the other passion. Passion. Wow, yeah. <laughs> passion. Move to the left. Passion. <laughs> anyway. Fuck off. <laughs> See you later. <laughs>